The dog days of summer are still upon us here in the month of August and all of the heat is descended, but there is a little thing we call the WNBA playoffs and we still need one more team to set the semifinals. It all starts right now. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi, everyone. I am Missy Heidrich. And welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. It is Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, I'm Missy Heydrich. You can follow me on Twitter at Missy Heydrich. And be sure to follow the, ne- the next at The Next Tubes and this podcast, Locked On Women's Basketball at Locked On Women's Basketball. It is playoff time in the WNBA, and we're going to get after it here on Hump Day. How do we get to a decisive game three tonight between Dallas and Connecticut? What's tonight game? What does tonight's game look like? And a sneak peek into the semifinals of the 2022 WNBA playoffs. I am so happy today to be joined by Ari Graham, one of the outstanding journalists that covers women's basketball and beyond at the next. She is on the Dallas Wings beat and more each and every day. All right, Ari. Let's start with this. We, we've gone to now game three. We'll get there in a little bit. Let's talk about these first two games between Connecticut and Dallas. You okay. had a blowout win, Connecticut getting a huge victory in the first game, 93-68. And then it looked as though the tide turned a little bit for Dallas in game two. They get a 10-point win. We're headed to game three. Mm-hmm. Out of those first two matchups, it seemed as though they were a little bit of you know almost polar opposites. What strikes you, maybe what was different for Dallas from game one to game two? From game one to game two, it was definitely the switch with Isabella Harrison starting the game, matching up with John Clark early, um, and then having Tierra come in and match up with Brianna Jones. Um, they both still ended up with 20 points, but it was something that set uh, the team ahead to get them going. I think what was really interesting when you go back and you look at the box score and everybody wants to come up with numbers and that kind of thing, but it was a huge first quarter for Dallas. They got out Mm -hmm. to a 22 to seven lead. That's Mm -hmm. very decisive. And that's almost putting your mark on it to say, Hey, we didn't want this to be just a two game series. We Mm -hmm. wanted to take this to three. A lot of the terminology, some of the buzzwords from the coaching staff, from some of the players afterwards, discipline, focus, kind of the key in that game too. Maybe what was such a difference in that first quarter that allowed them to get out to that big lead? I think mostly um, Connecticut just missed a lot of shots. They had open shots and normally they would make those. Um, and we just took advantage of that. I think that was the major difference there. Um, hopefully they will be able to get to that start tonight, but I don't think Connecticut is going to start that way and miss all those shots in the first quarter. Yeah, absolutely. And this has been a different looking lineup for Dallas in these first two games. Mm -hmm. You know, they obviously have had one of their leading score, one of their biggest players out. Talk a little bit maybe about what has been, how do you flip that switch, so to speak, when you take such a big piece 
of their lineup out of it into the playoffs and you're looking for somebody else to step up. Is that maybe where it was almost a bit of a shell shock in the first game, but then they were able to find their footing in game two? No, I think they just, I mean, they just got off to a rough start. They already had the time without um, Arike uh, getting into the playoff. They had already made the adjustments. It just, it just wasn't a good game. You get into a hole and then they lack that focus and discipline uh, to get back into it. Okay, so when you look at some of the numbers, Kayla Thornton has 20 points. Tierra McGowan, she has 17 and 11 in that game, too. Obviously, such a big piece of that. We've seen over the course of the season some of these guards for Dallas be the difference maker, but it seemed as though the postgame was. Mm -hmm. The balance is going to be critical, and it was throughout the course of the season. But as you look back at these first two games, do you think, all right, how do you kind of set that tone where does that guard play come into where's in terms of where does the guard play come in and how important is that going to be here in game three? The guard play is going to be very important, especially on the defensive end, uh, just having that first block there and not having it, having to rely so much on the inside players. Also, you uh, have someone that's going to move the ball. Dallas has a lot of shooters. So that guard play is going to be very important to get things started off and uh, just get the ball moving. I think it's interesting in looking at this Dallas team because, as you said, they've sort of rode the wave, I think, all season with those shooters. You know, mm -hmm. you're looking for consistency. Obviously, at this level, you become a professional and you say, well, that's what your job is. Your job is to shoot the basketball. Mm -hmm. But it hasn't necessarily been maybe as consistent. This is a team they come in as the sixth seed into the playoffs. They're playing mm -hmm. the three in Connecticut. So it's not as though they took this season by storm. They had to ride that wave. In the first two games – where is that perimeter game been and, and what does the confidence of these shooters, players like Mayberry, and you know, even if you look at a player like Harris and now someone like Veronica Burton, who's really coming into her own, how important are those shooters going to be here moving forward? They are going to be very important. You're going to need that uh, scoring to come from other places, especially off of the bench um, without Arike. Um, you're going to need that. Like Veronica, you know, the shooting has been a little bit inconsistent, but, you know, if she's there, you know, she's going to take off more space. And she's had um, just a couple of good games a little better. And um, with Ty, I really hope that she can keep that momentum going. Um, it really wouldn't be so much about her shooting. Just again, she's a very good distributor and knows where to get the ball to the different players. Well, and I think that that's a lot of that balance maybe of kind of the bounce back factor from game mm -hmm. one to game two was understanding where does the ball have to go, making some adjustments. You know, there's a little bit of that, you know, things come at you, it starts to snowball and mm -hmm. a pretty big blowout win by Connecticut. You've got to go back to the drawing board a little bit did you see some difference in execution, things on the floor from game one to game two for Dallas? Or did they just simply take advantage of miscues and misses by Connecticut and use it to their advantage? You know, it's a little bit of both things. Uh, de defense was really good for them early on. And then, you know, we was just it was a really good shooting night. So, you know, playing off of that defense, getting those transition points and also moving the ball. They had 28 assists that night, the highest all season. And uh, that was really important as well. Okay, so in just a moment, we're going to dive into this decisive game three of the last first round game to set the teams for the 2022 WNBA semifinal matchups. But first, okay, so we're hanging out with friends, putting back a few drinks, a few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, 
you think for calling a ride, but you live nearby, you can make it home okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you're totally your car, you could kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think it's okay to drive after a few drinks, please think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. I am Missy Heydrich, and thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. I am here with Ari Graham. And Ari, let's talk now about game three. We've got Connecticut and Dallas tonight here Wednesday, the 24th. For everybody that's out there listening here this afternoon or whenever they catch this, I always say once you get to the last game, game three, it's a game five, a game seven, whatever it is, you got to kind of throw everything out Mm -hmm. because this is the one and done. This is survive in advance. How do you move on? How do you get to the next stage? And that's what both of these teams are looking to do. Um, After we saw a decisive blowout win in the first game by Connecticut and a 10-point win where they established themselves with that that focus and balance and discipline early, Dallas looked very different than they did in game one. So as you look at game three and the ability for Dallas to get to play at home, mm-hmm. how important is that home court advantage you think for this Dallas team kind of feeling maybe a little bit of an underdog, even though they've got a lot of momentum coming into tonight. Oh, college park center gets very loud and that, crowd is going to be very important. Um, It's almost like a six man is going to be throwing Connecticut off their game. It's going to be hard for them to hear. And it's just going to be a big motivator for Dallas. I mean, it's the first time they are hosting a playoff game in the city. So I think it's just, it's just going to be great. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for that. You know, I mean, this is a team that has kind of been battling and trying to put themselves back in, you know, really on, into the playoff picture, but it's not just about getting to the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. It's about uh, establishing this franchise in Dallas to have it have credibility, to create that fan base, to create that fan following. Um, A huge game three at home seems to be the thing. So when you look at this matchup, maybe what are some of the intangibles? What are some of the things that you think could be the difference maker for both teams down the stretch? Well, starting with Connecticut, they're just going to need some more help from their other players. Um, everyone, their shooters, uh, Natisha Heidemann is going to have to do well. They're going to need more from Courtney Williams, and they're definitely going to need more from their bitch. I mean, I'm sorry, their bench. The, uh, what was it, DJNA Carrington uh, was pretty effective, but not really anyone else. And then for Dallas, Kayla Thornton is going to be really big. If she's good offensively, it creates a lot more space. And then they just got to get the ball in to Tierra, whether she's starting or coming off of the bench. You got to get her the ball, make make sure she gets inside. Also, the thing is, I mean, Enrique was listed as probable for tonight. So people are not sure if she's going to be starting, you know, how limited her minutes are going to be. So that I don't, that's going to be something that will throw Connecticut a little curveball as well. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a preparation standpoint if you're Connecticut. But then you flip that switch the other side and look at Dallas and say, all right, if we're going to bring our best player who's been out with injury, who's been dealing with it questionable all the time, 
-hmm. whether she's had a lot of reps in practice, has been able to keep herself in shape. All of those are questions. Does that, you know, a team that kind of found its groove better in game two, does that mess with that flow? You know, how do you see the reaction from the Dallas players if she is able to give them some minutes, does that necessarily, is it a hindrance or is it a benefit? I think it'll be a hindrance if they throw her in at the beginning of the game. Her being there, uh, being able to contribute in any way is really good for the team. I mean, she's she's one of their leaders. So, I mean, her being there, whatever minutes she gets, I'm sure they're going to try and get her going. And, you know, if it works out, it'll be amazing. Yeah, I was like, it would be a fantastic thing to have her come back. I mean, a great story, especially to be able to play at home. Mm -hmm. You know, she's been such an influential part of the season that Dallas has had. But as you said earlier, they have been able to rally a little bit over the at the end of the regular season without her, get into mm -hmm. the playoffs, get this one win, bring it home. I go back to what you said about Connecticut a little bit because it does seem as though they've become somewhat one-dimensional or in games where they've struggled, that it hasn't mm -hmm. necessarily been um, that full team effort that I think maybe gave them this third seed in the playoffs and a lot of success over the course of the season. I've always loved the game of Jonquil Jones. I think she mm -hmm. is just one of those types of players that does a little bit of everything, but does it incredibly well. And as a well-rounded player, she needs some help. So like you said, what's the answer for Connecticut? And if I'm Dallas, what, how are they going to have to defend tonight, especially how do you defend Jones? For Jones, I mean, they're just going to have to throw a little bit more at her. I mean, they tried their best to contain her, and she still ended up with double digits. So it's basically just going to be on and making sure the other players <clears throat> are forced to get involved. And, you know, that's the, that's the only way that they're going to be able to to overcome, you know, the onslaught that Dallas could bring early. Did you see uh, a lot of, do they like to throw double teams at her? Do you think they're going to try to just play her one-on-one? Is this don't allow her to catch, force others to have to score? You know, what you've seen them play over the course of the season, you've seen a lot of teams play Connecticut and try to defend her. It mm -hmm. seems as though everybody does, a little, does it a little bit different in terms of game plan. But if you're Dallas, is it just don't let her catch or is it let her catch in a lot of traffic, make her have to give it up and force somebody else to beat you? Definitely make her uh, force it and give it up um, after catching it. That's going to be really huge. I mean, because when you put it on the outside, I mean, she can pull up and shoot. You know, it, it doesn't matter. But if you put all that traffic around her, make her kick it out, it's, it's going to be something that will really help Dallas out. Okay, so we talked a little bit about intangibles. We know one of those intangibles is the home court and being able to be in front of their own fans to get them involved. Obviously, if you're Dallas, you'd love to get off to a 22-7 to start again in the first quarter like you did in the last game mm -hmm. on the road. Probably took a little bit of the excitement and kind of deflated that home court advantage for Connecticut, you know, mm -hmm. because you got off to such a big, a, a great start. You'd want to be able to do that again here, I think, at home. But what, who might be some of the other players for people to keep an eye on tonight? Those that could come in and really have almost that unsung hero or make a huge impact in this game, especially for Dallas and even for Connecticut. For Connecticut, Alyssa Thomas and Dewana Bonner most definitely are going to have to be more effective in this one. I mean, Dallas did a good job trying to contain them, which I think was part of the plan. Um, like you said, either way, 
it's going to be hard to stop Jonquil, but those are going to be the difference makers, Alyssa and Dewana. For Dallas, you know, I sat two. She's had a little more time, a few more reps. So, you know, she could be a difference maker for sure. And then again, Tierra McCowan and Isabel just switching out and, you know, making sure they keep that defense going on Jones and um, John, well, they're both Jones, John Quill and Brianna. Um, that's, that's what they're going to have to do. Well, and I think it's also going to be important that this team stays out of foul trouble. Not a lot of depth, not a lot of opportunity for them to throw other players at the caliber. When you think of a, you know, a league MVP type player in John Paul Jones, you've got to be able to stay on the floor and be able to guard her. As someone who covers the college game much more in depth than I do uh, the professional game, I've uh, over the last couple of seasons been a huge fan of Veronica Burton and what she did mm-hmm. at Northwestern. And mm-hmm you know, was not surprised when she was drafted high in the in the WNBA draft this spring um, and trying to find her footing, trying to find the right place. And it seems as though Dallas has been that. She's been given a big opportunity, as we said, without Enrique being in the lineup and more time for her. Um, but can you just talk a little bit about maybe the evolution of her game, maybe the confidence factor? Because it seems as though she is definitely going to be one to watch moving forward in this next generation of WNBA talent. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You could see the difference, the confidence building from, you know, when she had that first game and when she was really struggling with her shooting, you know, she wasn't hitting anything. So it was just kind of tough for her to get going offensively. She really leaned on her defense, you know, which is something that she's known for. And so that with Arike out, that just continues to get better and better. And we start seeing a little bit more from her offensively, but still she gets that defense going. She could be more effective offensively, but also she'd help a lot getting those steals and those transition points, which is what Vicki Johnson said is something has been a focus in practice. And I think it would probably seem to be another key factor for them tonight. They've got to generate some offense with their defense. Yes. And a player like Veronica Burton can do that. I mean, she was an outstanding defender in college. And as you said, establishing herself in the professional game, doing the same thing. But sometimes people forget that just a couple easy transition buckets, a couple steals, a tip ball here or there, it changes the flow of the game. Mm -hmm. And generating that offense with your defense can be a huge factor. That had to be one of the main reasons why they got out to that big lead in game two. And that has to be, as you said, I'm assuming a focus of this of the coaching staff and the players heading into tonight. Yes, most definitely. So, I mean, we got to see they have to start both strong on both sides of the court, offensively and defensively. But, you know. Connecticut is going to try and get started early. I think they're going to try and get the ball to John Quill early. So, you know, just like how we were able to take the the confident, I mean, the sound out of Connecticut, you know, the same thing could happen in Dallas. You know, tonight I think is going to be one of the biggest crowds they ever had. So, you know, Connecticut is going to try and, you know, dumb that down a little bit. Um, the head coach at UTA has bought 250 tickets and is distributing them amongst elementary and middle school. If you ever been to a kids day game, it is ridiculous. So, (laughs) so on top of, you know, the already crazy fans, you add the kids in there, you know, they're going to have to try and quiet that down very, very early. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, we've seen, uh, record-breaking crowds all over for the playoffs so far. And as the season went on, and we know that viewership is up across the board 
for mm -hmm. the WNBA all season, and that is going to continue to grow. And I think the playoffs are an incredibly exciting time for people to see it. If you can't see it in person, definitely get and turn on your television tonight because game three of this playoff matchup will be in Dallas. Okay, so we know that the semifinals are just around the corner. So in a moment, we're going to give you a sneak peek. But first, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. The Tour Championship starts this week for all of you golf fans out there, so you want to look and see what those odds are. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. And I can tell you, just as I checked a little bit ago, Connecticut, it looks like a six-point favorite in this game three on the road in Dallas. So Bet Online will have all of that information for you. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I am Missy Heidrich, National Women's College Basketball Correspondent at the Next. So happy to have you here on Locked on Women's Basketball. Okay, Ari, let's talk a little bit about what happens next. We know that we have three of the four teams that are set for the semifinals of the WNBA playoffs. All of these, these two semifinals will now be the best of five. The first round was best of three. These will be first of five. Vegas, they win in two games over Phoenix. They are in. Seattle wins in two games over Washington. They are in. That's the matchup. I think the one a lot of people are very interested in, mm -hmm. Vegas and Seattle. Chicago, they get the big W last night on the road in three over the New York Liberty, 90 to 72. So now you've got Chicago sitting and waiting for the winner of this game tonight. Mm -hmm. It creates some very interesting matchups. Now, you've seen these teams all throughout the course of the season. Mm -hmm. If Dallas is able to get this win at home tonight over Connecticut, move on to the semifinals. What intrigues you about a semifinal matchup and a five-game series with Chicago? You know, I'd actually prefer Chicago over Seattle. I mean, both teams were tough matchups for Dallas, but, you know, Dallas, I mean, Dallas had to go to Chicago and win one of those games in order to keep their playoff hopes alive. So I don't think they're, like, scared to go in there and at least steal one and then come back home for two more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be the key is, is that, you know, you know you're going to have to go on the road, mm -hmm. um, and that's going to be difficult. Uh, travel comes into all of this. It becomes a big part of, you know, the conversation, as we know, mm -hmm. improving, or so we hope, and we will leave that to the executives at, at the WNBA <laughs> to make sure that that is taken care of. Mm -hmm. um, but it also kind of looks at some of the interesting matchups, um, I also think about things like load management. I think about getting a player like Arike back with how big of a bump that could be for Dallas if she can mm -hmm. be more healthy, a bigger contributor if they get this win and move on. But you got to think about the same thing for a team like Chicago. You know, Candace Parker, she missed games. She's putting in a lot of minutes right now, one of the marquee players in this league. And as the grind goes, it gets more and more difficult to keep some of these better players and your top players on the floor. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, but one thing that's going to help them in this next round is that they get to stay home all of this time. They get to rest up. I think, like you said, it'll get a little bit more difficult as the series goes on. But right now, they, they can rest up and, you know, review everything that went wrong with Dallas this season. Yeah. And they're just sitting and waiting. Yeah. All right. You've also seen you've seen Vegas. You've seen Seattle. So talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on that matchup. I think it's incredibly interesting. Mm -hmm. um, really, a lot of big names in this league on both of those teams. A lot of star power. But sometimes it isn't necessarily the stars that are going to have somebody else is maybe going to have to carry some of the water as well. So just mm -hmm. talk a little bit about what you think uh, we might see come Vegas and Seattle in that semifinal matchup. So, I mean, Stewie and um, Asia Wilson, that'd be a good one. The guards, you got the point guard and super Earth. <clears throat> which one is going to go off <laughs> offensively? Um, you know, then you have Jewel Lloyd, who has been kind of going back and forth offensively as well. But if she can get going, you know, that's going to be huge for them. Uh, also, Asia, we saw that she was stopped a little bit by Phoenix in that game one in this last series. So they got to make sure to keep her going, get her started as well. Yeah. And I think one of the I, I look at this as kind of like an X factor. I know she's not a well-kept secret. Everybody knows. But I have loved to see the evolution of the game of Kelsey Plum. I think she mm -hmm. has been a difference maker, obviously, in a, many, many ways. Um, credit, I think, uh, the tutelage and coaching of a player like Becky Ham of coach like mm -hmm. Becky Hammond, who as a player herself, been through the ringer, understands it. Uh, I think you, you cannot overlook how important sometimes that uh, experience with your guards and your point guards can really be. But Kelsey Plum has kind of just dropped on to this WNBA radar this season. And for people, some people are not surprised. Others are. But she has been a difference maker all season for Las Vegas. Yes, that shooting, you know, it can really take you really far. You know, she has to be on point. She doesn't have to go and drop, you know, 30 or 40. But adding, you know, a simple 15 to whatever Asia, Chelsea, and, you know, whatever they can do. Um, but like you said, she, does, she doesn't have to do it by herself. She's been really good. One of the reasons why she's been on the radar is because they can move that ball and get everyone involved and just her being a good shooter. Yeah, it's amazing how much ball movement, moving without the basketball, being and not letting it stick. I mean, that is such a, a stalwart, I think, of both the WNBA and the NBA. That's what the professional game is about, is that ball can't stick. It happens in college, happens at lower levels, and then people wonder why the game can stall or offensive stall, and it's because people are standing. They're not passing. Mm -hmm. We're not moving. And I think Las Vegas may be the best team in this league of ball movement and moving without the basketball. That's how players like Plum, that's how they get Asia Wilson's looks. When you think that they may not have any plays or anything left in the possession, they do that because of that movement. Going back to the game you're going to see tonight in Dallas, I think mm -hmm. that has to be also something for both Connecticut and, Dal and Dallas thinking, if we want to advance, if we want to take on Chicago and move into the semifinals, We've got to have everybody clicking on the same page with that ball movement and movement without the basketball to be able to get some open shots. When you think about this game tonight, 
What is the thing you're going to be looking for maybe in the first couple minutes? What's going to be most important? Most important is, you know, who's going to get off to that defensive start? Who's going to want more? Who's going to have more energy? You know, um, I think the crowd is going to give Dallas a little more energy tonight. But then, you know, there's also jitters. You know, it's do or die. So whoever comes out with that high energy, whoever wants it more, that's that's really going to be the difference. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, Ari, thank you so much. It has been fantastic to talk to you about this. Now, where does everybody find you on a daily basis? And where and you obviously will be in game tonight. Where mm-hmm. does everybody find you all the other times? Okay, you can find me at WNBA Love on Twitter. Be sure to follow tonight. Be giving some inside from the game. It's going to be wild. I'm like excited. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, it is, like you said, it's do or die. It's game three. You leave everything out on the floor. I always like to say you can win by one or 21. It doesn't matter. A W is all both of these teams are looking for. And that is going to give them a chance to move on to the semifinals of the 2022 WNBA playoffs. I am Missy Heidrich. Thank you so much for watching and listening with us today. You can find me on Twitter at Missy Heidrich. Make sure to follow the Lockdown Women's Basketball podcast at Lockdown Women's Basketball and Ari and all of our other amazing journalists at the next at the next hoops. Thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Join us all this week for more episodes, all the latest news, notes, insights, game breakdowns of the playoffs, as well as things that are happening off the court. We know there's going to be a ton of movement because for some teams, the season has ended. There's a lot happening. Don't miss out on anything, and you'll find it right here on Lockdown Women's Basketball. And for your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Lockdown NBA. Lockdown NBA is your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Thank you all for watching. Come back each and every day. Lockdown Women's Basketball is where it is. We will take care of you. Thank you so much for watching and listening.